0: Bruce Springsteen Live provides fans with an intimate look into Springsteen's creative process. The Bruce Springsteen Live exhibit opens at the Woody Guthrie Center on Saturday, April 16th, running through Sunday, September 25th. The exhibit will feature iconic artifacts, live performance footage, instruments, stage costumes, exclusive interviews, concert posters, and photography, as well as unique interactive displays to immerse fans. And Bruce Springsteen and the band's creative process. More information can be found at Woody Guthrie Please let them know that Set Lusting Bruce sent you there, and I'll see you in Tulsa. everyone and welcome to a new episode of set Lessing bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music and mostly his fans i am your host jesse jackson uh joining me today a return guest one of my newest podcast partners uh mark Dempsey, aka uk mark how you doing buddy hey i'm
1: good it's always lovely to see you jesse thanks for having me uh, on this
0: yeah so uh since we've had you on uh You've, you've joined us on one of my other podcasts, How Many, for yep. uh, multiple times. And uh, you and Gary Grant, another one of my good friends, are actually doing your own podcast. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Oh, sure. Well, um, having joined you a few times, our, our mutual love of Springsteen let, led us to identify our mutual love of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, and it's always fun to join you and your, your friends in Texas uh, from over here near London in the U.K., Um, to just talk broadly about the Cowboys. But yeah, uh, me and Gary uh, have already released one episode we are about to record this weekend, uh, a second episode um, uh, of a Dallas Cowboys focused podcast. I think we'll get onto a few other sports, wider sports topics. Gary and I are both big uh, English soccer fans, uh, Major League Baseball fans. Um, But yeah, it's going to be 90% Dallas Cowboys content, NFL content. And I'm excited to be able to spend this next year with Gary kind of talking through the off season, the draft, free agency, all the weird and wacky things that happen when you're a Dallas Cowboys fan with that organization and, uh, and then hopefully a successful season. So yeah, it's going to be good fun, but uh, we're we're here to talk more Bruce now.
0: Yes, we are. Uh, Yeah. I just wanted to say that, and then we're going to move on. Um, I loved because, you know, Gary is one of the most, uh, passionate yet, in, 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 he can be very logical about his support. I mean, you know, he, he, and he also, and he, he doesn't let emotions at times like he will, no, 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 I know you feel like it's been a big draft, a bad draft, but if you look at the numbers or, you know, so I, I've loved listening to you guys so far. I'm excited. Uh, oh, thank you. So I, you know, uh, fix that blank rich is the name <laughs> of the uh, podcast uh based on a famous incident that dallas cowboy fans will get uh so yeah look for it wherever you can find your podcast uh check it out uh it's going to be a lot of fun exactly. all right so how's everything else going with you Life's good well
1: let, yeah it's it's good although um i, I do want to say this on a on a serious a, a yeah. really serious note there's as we're recording this in march Twenty twenty two, there's a war happening on the edge of Europe. Yeah. Um and I, I I don't want to let this pass without just kind of sharing with everyone that's listening. Um it, I've I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. And I, I would just appeal to everyone in Europe, every country in Europe, every person in Europe to just make this as easy as possible for Ukrainian refugees. Yes. You know, give them give to charity, give some spare coats. Give some yeah. spare shoes. These, these these people are just a, a moment's notice are homeless, heading to Poland, heading to Germany, heading to the UK. We just need to make this easy as possible for for them uh, to to have a safe passage to countries around Europe.
0: Um, yeah, well you, said,
1: You know, so. you, you know, I spent five years living in Canada, five of the happiest years of my life, and and I saw several instances where Canada just opened its borders to yeah. to refugees. That's the that's the model that we should be following. Absolutely, uh, I, I, hope, I, I hope Europe follows that kind of example that, that Trudeau, particularly for his government in the Can- Canada, yeah. set a few years ago. So, ha- awful, awful times, and I didn't want to let this pass because we're going to have some fun talking about Bruce. But it's a very worrying time over here in Europe. I've never seen anything like
0: it. Oh, I, you know, we're we're very nervous here. Uh, that you know, it is uh, a lot of a lot. You know, you just you you know that if if things continue to go down a path, we could be if things are very dire now, yeah. Yeah. but there is the potential for it to be even worse. And so, yeah, we're all, you know, uh, hoping for the best. And and you're right. Helping out in a little ways. Uh, there are a lot of great organizations out there that. Uh, do your diligence, look for people there. You know, there are ways to check ratings on uh, charities, how effective they are. Do that. Uh, in fact, if huh. you think of a couple that you know have done well, I know I have a couple. I may add it into the show notes. Um, okay. So, yeah, sounds great. Perfect. All right. Um, all right. So, we have a little thing here called Songs of Your Life. So, to give a little background, because every episode is, is the possibility of someone's first episode. Uh, the sports station I listen to all the time is called The Ticket. And they used to do a segment called um, Biggest Show Coming to Town. And it was basically an excuse for the host to debate all the concerts coming to the DFW area um, for the next week. And then they would discuss them. Then they would vote, okay, this was the biggest show coming to town. Well, when the pandemic happened over two years ago, shows stopped. Yeah. And so they started yeah. doing a segment called Bands of Your Life. And it was 11 questions. You had to uh, pick a band to answer every question, but you couldn't repeat a band. And I really liked it. And I thought about that's that right. would be a fun thing to do. And Chris Jackson said, yeah, that's fun, yeah. Dad. But you could figure out a Bruce can you figure out a Bruce, you know, <laughs> angle? Yeah. And so I did songs of your life. So these are 11 questions. Uh, all need to be answered with a Bruce song. Uh, and you cannot repeat a song, which yeah, is I like what makes it a little fun. So, Mark, as we get started, was there, did you, did you know right away the songs you wanted? Did you have to do some thinking? Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I had to do a little bit of thinking on a on a on a few of them. Um, th- there's a run right there in the middle. I think quest- questions like four through seven—that it- was just obvious to me which songs they were going to be, yeah. but not necessarily the order they were going to be in. So, sure, one, one I love, one that made me love Bruce, one I can right. play over and over. So th- those four songs for me were obvious, but I had to give a little bit of thought time to okay, where exactly do they fit? Yes. Um, the I, I struggled a lot actually with the first two, mm-hmm. um, be, being the more negative ones, right? Being yes, the, they are,
0: the, and that's why we uh, start with those.
1: And that's why I I wondered. That's yeah. why you start with them. Yeah. Um, but no, it it fell quite quickly into place. That the one I really had to think about that I, I I have got a few thoughts for you on really intrigued me because I've never been asked before about the. Uh, song that surprised me or A Guilty yeah. Pleasure? So those two questions. All right. Well, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm looking really, forward to
1: hearing that. In fact, I went for a walk this morning with my wife and my dog and kind of in the fields. Uh, we, we kind of were talking it through to help me kind of get down to the final one. But
0: yeah, so they, right. were hard. Good, they were That sounds good.
1: Con- they're good questions.
0: All right, here we go. Then let's start originally with the first question, which is the most negative song that you hate or, as I put in parentheses, don't get.
1: <laughs> so uh, there's a few that really that I, I, I skip every time um, yeah. or only if only a few, I should say that I skip every time. Um, I'll work for your love came to my mind. I really don't don't care for I'll, I'll work for your love. Um, I love the Devils and Dust album, but Silver Palomino, there's something about the, 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 the sound of the song. It, yeah. it, just, it just turns me off. Um, I, I really, really dislike where the bands are. Um, that, that to me is, is just such a dirty, basic, dull song. Um, but my, the song that is quite easy for me to answer is Queen of the Supermarket. Okay. Uh, I, I hate that song. Uh, okay. I think it's the the lyrics are basic, the premise is basic, the music the musicianship is basic, and these are never things you say about Bruce Springsteen. Right. Um, I will also say that the reason it is at the absolute <laughs> top, I, I can I can leave it off the album. It's not working on a dream. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Working on a dream for me is maybe his weakest album. Sure. Uh, in forty years worth of work, um, but uh, I went to see. Three nights in a row in Stockholm in 2009, early in the, I think, the start of the European tour for Working on a Dream. Um, really great shows. And halfway through night two, and I've researched this this morning. I've just gone and checked. So night two, the, the show was going beautifully. Unbelievable. Great pace. Beautiful show. Yeah. Uh, the run of songs went like this. Youngstown, Good Loving, Hungry Heart, Growing Up, Thunder Road. Ooh. And then he played queen of the supermarket mm. I, and Jesse, I'm not kidding. I've never seen the atmosphere go out of a, any concert, let alone a Springsteen concert. It,
2: yeah.
1: it, it was embarrassing. The band could see it. We were in the pit right down the front. The band could see it. Bruce could sense it. Everyone could see it. It was a on mass toilet break for half the stadium. Um, those of us that stayed in the stadium, just really standing there waiting for the song to end. I've never seen anything like it, so it's all not right. a great song, but that it that destroyed the pace of that whole show.
0: interesting, all right, got it down all right, here's a little bit more. What is the song you think is overrated?
1: okay um again a a few here that kind of made it into the into the my final thought list um waiting on a sunny day, Mary's place they're just probably overplayed now over kind of okay. cartoonish in, in shows I've never really got because the night um, I've always found that a little bit dirgy. I've always found mm-hmm. that a, like, I, I don't ever kind of celebrate that coming on in concert, except for the fact, as you know, my love for Nils Lofgren. So that yeah. kind of turns that around for me when I mean, you get to see Nils do what he does to because the night. Yeah. Um, But my overrated song, the one I just don't get, uh is Frankie um oh okay the, the, the born in the usa take that has since been i think released uh, on uh, on some collections um i just don't get it i think it's o- overly long i don't like the i don't like the tune the rhythm i don't connect with the song at all i know there are people out there that will tell you frankie is one of his greatest songs that's ever been written that it should have been on born in the usa uh for, for me it just doesn't just doesn't connect at all
0: yeah i i always think it's interesting right the um the different people and that's part of the reason why i really love this discussion is you do have that oh okay really that's your choice and so very very interesting um what is it now let's flip it what is the song you think is underappreciated that people do not give enough
1: okay so uh, i think there's large chart. Large chunks of the Seeger Sessions album. I, I think that's a, a strong album. I loved, I loved the idea of what he was trying yeah. to do there. Uh, a large part of the Seeger album. A large part of the Human Touch and Lucky Town albums, I think, are very, very underrated. Okay. Um, and an awful lot of the Ghost of Tom Jode as well. Doesn't seem to get the credit, that it should. Um, and interestingly enough, I, I saw a tweet earlier on from someone talking about how underrated um, uh, uh, Take It As They Come is. Mm-hmm. which is absolutely up there for me that's a very underrated song i've been lucky to see that in concert once love love it um but i've worked on the theory of when i've talked to fans in a pit queue standing on the floor of a stadium waiting for a show to start the song i've been saying for 10 years i'd love to see this and no one seems to go along with it is you'll be coming down from magic i've never seen it okay um and I think You'll Be Coming Down from, uh, from the Magic Album is just a beautiful piece of songwriting, lyrically one of his best. Mm. Lyrically, the picture he paints, it's poetry. But it's a, just a great rock and roll song. I, I've never met another fan that agrees with me that it's one of his top songs. I, I'm, it's probably in my top 20 of all time Springsteen songs. Uh, yeah, you, You'll Be Coming Down as far as i can tell no one rates that anything like as high as i rate it I, I love that song i play it very regularly
0: i will have to go back and listen to it and with uh, fresh ears that'll be good yeah uh very cool all right so song that you love
1: okay so now we're into that run of kind of four yes. straight songs that are probably my four they're probably my four springsteen songs that right tell me I could only listen to "Forever again. And we're probably into that run of those. Okay. Um, so in terms of the song I love, it's darkness on the edge of time. Okay. Uh, and the reason for that is, I mean, it's a truly great song, powerful, powerful song. The lyrics, the entire way through are incredible. Um, seeing it live is a whole nother experience. Um, uh, I mentioned to you on another podcast we did yeah I, I love that song particularly the way he's played it on the ghost of tom joe tour
0: yeah solo
1: acoustic but seeing the e-street band nail "Darkness on the edge of town is 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 something else um but it's the final paragraph in the in the third verse that does it for me um it, it's kind of what i think of myself so the the final the final paragraph uh, I'll be on that hill, I can't stop I'll be on that hill with everything I've got Life is on the line where dreams are found and lost I'll be there on time and I'll pay the cost That's kind of my approach to life That's kind of, if I had to find a Bruce Springsteen sentence that summarized me it, it would be that one um,
0: uh, I, We need to get a hold of um, the uh, that one lyric you know, and, uh, okay. and have him uh, no, I'll do seen, an I've email seen. and connection and say hey let's get oh, okay. Mark on that show
1: Okay. Now that, yeah, I've seen, I've seen that quoted on Twitter a few times. That one lyric. Yeah, please do. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I just think, you know, you've, you've got to know me a little bit over the course of the last year. Uh, I'm a pretty passionate guy. Yeah. Pretty, you know, uh, I, I, I fight for what I believe in. Um, and I love that it.
0: I think me, that's a great,
1: yeah. That lyric to me has always just been how I view myself. I, I will be there on time and I will pay the cost.
0: Yeah, perfect. Oh, beautiful. All right, song that you can listen to over and over again. Yeah, this
1: one's easy. Racing in the street. Okay. Beautiful. Incredible craftsmanship. Um, I. I just love some of my favorite concert memories. Are are, are the surprise when that one comes in? It's certainly not a song you can ever expect to see on any tour at any given time. Um. But I I have a lot of memories of being quite young. as a young Springsteen fan. That live 75 to 85 album I got when I was 13 years old.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And Racing in the Street was one of the songs that I would play over and over, just lying on my bed, headphones on, you know, kind of 13, 14, 15 years old, teenage angst, angry, confused, all of that stuff. Racing in the Street live 75 to 85 was my go-to song to just chill out think things through i love it Uh, i've that might be the springsteen song i've played most in the last 30 years
0: that's that's great i i love that um i also like the idea that um you know betsy hodges who's been on the show has said that if she says if there is a heaven and if you get to ask you know the supreme being anything yeah. you want her question is how many times have i listened to thunder road <laughs> uh so yeah i love yeah. that one um yeah. all right um let's see uh next up a uh, song that made you fall in love with bruce
1: okay so you could do these next two songs either either way around they would they would work either way around okay um but i for this one um, the song that made me fall in love with Bruce. Um, I've gone with Cadillac Ranch, um, okay. but not, not the album version you, you and I've t- talked before, but yeah, there was that 1987 BBC uh, TV documentary. Yeah. Um, uh, and it had video footage from the previous 10 years of Bruce. The, the, the concept of the documentary was to actually, um, it was an interview that Bruce did to, um, for some publicity for the live 75 to 85
0: album
1: yeah Um, so most of the songs that they showed on this video um uh, or on this tv program uh were from live 75 to 85 right and and they picked cadillac ranch and they showed the whole of cadillac ranch on this tv documentary from the final night of the born in usa tour uh 1985 in la and, and it, it made me fall in love with Bruce, but it made me fall in love with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, more importantly. Right. Um, a- anyone listening to this that hasn't seen it or doesn't get the reference, really, it's just three and a half minutes of beautiful rock and roll. Sure. Goofy, goofy, stupid fun. Um, it, it particularly brought me very close at a young age to Nils Lofgren. This is one of those shows where Nils was playing his... Uh, uh, on the born in the USA he had a like a blue multi-tone blue very angular uh Gibson guitar not what he normally plays at all you can see it on the born to run video yeah. um and I love that I loved that guitar just as a young as a young person just getting into music and there's Nils in this ridiculous cowboy hat um and yeah. kind of bright red and white top spinning around dancing around him and Bruce at one point are down on their knees swinging their guitars around their heads right um, Cadillac Ranch itself is a a great, wonderful rock and roll song. I I love it. I always want to see it in concert. But it's that video, it's that version that made me fall in love with Bruce. I I was already a fan. I'd already heard Dancing in the Dark, some of the Born in the USA material, etc. I was already a fan, but I wasn't yet in love with Bruce. And I certainly wasn't yet in love with the E Street Band.
0: Right.
1: That moment, and, and arguably, particularly the interplay between Bruce and Nils, that was when the love started.
0: Uh, that's great. That, I love that. All right. Song that changed your life. Dancing in the Dark.
1: Okay. Um, uh, must have been May 1984. Um, sitting in my bedroom at home in London uh, or near London, listening to uh, America's Top 40 with Casey Kasem. I've mentioned this to you before. And on comes Dancing in the Dark. Changed my life. Full stop. Mm-hmm. From the from the first notes. Yeah. Gra- grabbed me. I- I've said this to you before, but-, but later on, a few years later, my mum my turned around and told me that she remembered the moment I heard it because it was the first time she'd ever seen me kind of just sit down, shut up, do nothing and, and listen to something. I was very hyperactive as a kid. Um, and that was-, that was it. Dancing in the Dark, those first
0: synthesizer notes, that beat change Perfect. my life yeah great great choice great choice all right song that surprised you all right so these are the hard ones <laughs> so yes we, we've flown through
1: those early ones so maybe maybe just a a couple of different thoughts here sure for so the the first thing that i went to with this because live concerts are such an important part for not just for me for the vast majority of Springsteen fans, I think, would tell you the same. But yeah, the albums are one thing, but the live connection is entirely something else. And there are two very specific moments where I can remember being surprised, I, and I think not just me, this, like the audience being surprised. Um, give me the quick two examples. So, uh, my wife and I went over to New Jersey for nights 9 and 10 in 2003 of the, of the long stand at Giant Stadium. For so that whole summer 2003, they, they were playing on and off at Giant Stadium. Night 9, um, August the 30th, 2003, is, is one of the, the best few shows I've ever seen. Really good rocking show. And halfway through the encores, just, just out of nowhere, out of nowhere, they pulled out Pretty Flamingo. And surprised isn't, I mean, surprised is the understatement of the century. But I remember the whole, the whole stadium, almost kind of in like gasping intake of breath. And I just remember looking around the stadium and everyone was just kind of standing stock still taking it in. You could almost see 55,000 people just standing there going, I cannot believe what I'm seeing. But from a, from a surprise perspective, that one's pretty high up. The other one from a live perspective that comes to my mind um, is early on, on the ghost of Tom Joad tour. Uh, so he came to Europe in February, 2000, uh, sorry, February, 1996. Uh, and uh, I went down to see him in Paris and it was actually for the ghost of Tom Joad, it was quite an unruly crowd. It was really, you know, not disturbing, not through the, not through the songs, but it was very, very passionate fan base in, in, in Paris. And the shows at that time were kind of pretty much all ending with Garvaston Bay, and my best was never good enough. And I'd seen a show in the US a few months previous as you know, it was very polite. There were, you know, very little applause, very polite applause in between each songs, so no interruptions. And the show itself was pretty steady. By the time it had come to Europe, the encores were actually a little bit more rock and rolly. So I remember in Paris, the encores were like Bobby Jean, No Surrender,
2: yeah. Um,
1: a little bit more upbeat and the crowd got really into it and then it came time for bruce to play what would always have been garveston bay and i remember thinking to myself there's no way he's doing garveston bay now the crowd is too up for
0: it yeah it's, they're too and yeah they're amped
1: it's it's amped he's gonna mm-hmm. do something else he'll switch it there's there's no way the mood now fits yeah garveston bay and he played Garveston Bay. And the same kind of thing that happened with the Pretty Flamingo thing. 3,000 people, whatever it was, just suddenly shut up and listen. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever hmm. seen him do in concert. Because everything about it said he shouldn't have done it. Everything about it right. said he should have kind of called an this audible. This isn't going to
0: work, yeah.
1: Right. Done an done a off-the-cuff version of, like, two hearts or something, right? And just kept yeah. it going with what it was. And he forced the crowd back down played the song you wanted to play, captured everyone's imagination. And, and I remember, look, again, looking around the room, sensing what everyone was going through. And it, it was a really, really magical moment. So uh, an element of surprise there um, from, a, from a live perspective. But what I, what I did want to say probably is my biggest surprise. I remember listening through Letter to You mm. last year when it came out. And very quickly, from, from even the first couple of songs, really thinking, wow, th- this is a real return to form. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, arguably the last few albums haven't had some of its greatest writing on. Yeah. Um, certainly High Hopes didn't, right? Yeah. Certainly Working on a Dream didn't. Wrecking Ball was better. And Western Stars was kind of very much take, take it or leave it, depending on your style.
0: Yeah.
1: But Letter to You, I think, is a return to form of from a songwriting and a rock and roll perspective. Right. And then when burning train started, it, I was like 12 year old Mark listening to Bruce for the first time again. Yeah. And and I think I'm going to go with burning train as my surprise. I, I think that's one, that's one of his top songs I think he's ever made.
0: Yeah. Ever I've, made. you know, I've often said that when we get a new tour, um, I picture them opening with burning train. Other people have said ghost, which I could see either one. Right. I, you know, but the same thing, even though in the film, they end with burning train. When I heard that I went, Oh my goodness, this is meet me in the city. This is radio nowhere. This is badlands. This is that. Okay. Here we are. Let's get it going.
1: You're absolutely right. I, I, It gives me shivers even right now. Yeah. Thinking about listening to it for the first time eighteen months ago, I guess. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I thought, "There's our show opener."
0: Yeah.
1: I'm going to go and see him ten times on the next tour, and every night, pretty much, is opening with "Burning Train," and I am all in for it. Yeah. Exactly. I think think "Burning Train" is a sensational rock and roll song, and and I, I have to admit, it surprised me because. It, it beyond my wildest expectations of what this new E Street Band album was going to sound like.
0: Sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Great answer. Great answer. So there's a lot of debate here that and, and I am certainly in one of those fans that say there are no such things as guilty pleasures that if it brings you <laughs> pleasure, it's a pleasure. But uh, for the sake of completing the list, uh, song that is a guilty pleasure for you. Okay.
1: So here, here was the shortlist, all right, because this, this one took some time because I was like, well, uh, the, I get pleasure from all of them. They're all right. incredible. I, I certainly don't feel any embarrassment or shame or reason right. to see them as a guilty pleasure. Um, but then I thought there, there are some actually which are, are more guilty pleasure than others as I started to think about the, the question. Uh, Thundercrack, yeah. that makes the shortlist. Um, Ramrod. Like, just stupid, daft, incredible yeah. beat. Uh, 10th Avenue Freeze Out, certainly. I probably get more excited than, than any grown man should when I'm standing in an arena and 10th Avenue starts. Yeah. Um, and that was my wife's pick, actually. Kath- Catherine, when we were talking about this this morning, was like, it's, it, it's got to be 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Yeah. Um, and then Growing Up nearly made it, and Growing Up nearly made it for the stories. But yeah. Again, like Bruce has a really great history of kind of throwing weird, wacky five minute stories into the middle of growing up. Right. He was doing it in 85. You can find some really, really funny interactions, particularly with Clarence in 85. Yeah. You go back again, live 75 to 85. I'll listen to that 15 minute version of growing up with the crazy story uh, about how his, his, his dad calls him up and tells him it's, it's not too late. You can still go back to college, right? At the age of 25 as yeah. a successful rock and roll star. Guilty pleasure, certainly. Um, But this one goes back to kind of young Mark, right? You and I have talked before about the importance of kind of 12-year-old, 13-year-old Mark and and discovering Bruce. My guilty pleasure is Twist and Shout. Ah, nice. As as far as I'm concerned, he can finish every concert for the rest of time with Twist and Shout, and I will be a very, very happy guy. Uh, And there's two two real specific ones, uh, two real specific reasons for this. Number one, I don't, if you haven't seen it, if anyone hasn't seen it, I would recommend looking it up. You can see the whole thing on YouTube. Look up the final night of the Amnesty International Tour in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Okay. And look up Twist and Shout. It, it's the most fun 11 minutes you will spend this year looking at something on YouTube. This is, this is the end of this crazy three-month Blast around the world that they did with Sting and uh, uh Tracy Chapman and De gabriel And it's just beautiful, fun, goofy spirit. Um I I think that sums up the spirit of Springsteen and the E Street band. Um again, I, I'm I probably am, am more used to looking for Nils and seeing what he's doing because I I love the interactions, but watch Nils through it he's just having a blast he's 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 partying like the whole band is just having this incredible sense of community and fun the audience is going nuts it's just a wonderful thing to see um and the other reason for it is i just think it's just an all-time great show closer i think it's a it's a way to connect with the audience, regardless of who you are, regardless if you're there for the first time or the 60th time, regardless of whether you know much about Bruce or you don't know much about Bruce, Twist and Shout is one of his first songs, right? I think he's spoken about Twist and Shout was one of the first series of chords he ever learned to play. I think he's he's mentioned that specifically. So you're actually watching someone on stage in front of 60,000 people playing one of the things that was most influential to them, you know, I'll let that song go on 15 or 20 minutes. I know some people can't stand it. Some people have had enough of it. Some people never want to see it ever again. And that is my absolute guilty pleasure. Um, The Rising Tour 2003, my wife and I went over to Scandinavia for a a few shows. Um, Saw the band in uh, Copenhagen, saw the band in Oslo. And then the end of the final night of the run of shows that we'd gone to was in Gothenburg, uh, which funnily enough, one of the only few shows i would ever say wasn't a great show like the band seemed tired it seemed flat the audience yeah. was flat um and and the show again rare to say this for bruce right but the show came to a fairly or was coming to a fairly predictable ending in terms of the encores in terms of some of the sh- songs yeah. that have been selected and they get to the end of what you think is going to be the final song and then he's suddenly just out of nowhere Outcomes Twist and Shake first time I'd ever seen it Gothenburg uh, 2003 and that sticks in my head as being oh okay this song I want to see more often so that's that's my guilty pleasure
0: so um what's funny is I think that could have been the last song right that the the your last answer to your last question uh so <laughs> um what I I, it's certainly not my place yeah. to criticize yeah. Bruce. Um, you know, I think um, I, I've had the discussion with Terry Smith. You know, my the guy who does the music talks, and his wife, you know, will pick at him. Oh, isn't it a shame Bruce has John Landau instead of you helping him, right? Because he'll have advice, right? Uh, I, if I had the choice, I would say. Um, This last couple tours, you know, Shout's been the closer. And I wish that they would if you want rotate, like, you know, the Detroit Medley, Twist and Shout, you know, uh, you know, Shout, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just if he wants to end in a classic, which I think is a fun way to end, I would just rotate some different ones in there. Just a fun. Yeah.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I I would I, I've not been. I, I like it. I like. I like the idea of finishing with a cover. Yeah. Um. I. I, I like that, particularly a kind of a classic cover.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um,
1: but I, I would. I would choose Twist and shape over shape yeah. ten times out of ten.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I. I agree. And uh, I've never seen him do Twist and Shout live, so that I would absolutely okay. love that. Yeah. Um. Because it. It is. It. It is the. You know. It is such an iconic cover, right? Between. Yeah. You know the uh, the original with the Isley Brothers, with the Beatles, and just it. it yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. A song you wish you had seen live. Yeah. Easy. Easy one word answer. Fire. Okay. Never
1: seen it. Easily one of my top twenty Springsteen songs. I, that could easily be in my song. I think is very underrated. Okay. Um. Be- beautiful, fun. Love the beat. Love the lyrics. Lo- lo- love the love the way. I've what I've seen it on, on videos on YouTube etc. Played live, um, yeah, fire, easy answer,
0: perfect. All right, all right. Last question. Great song to see live, and you can't answer all of them.
1: Uh, this was nearly 10th Avenue
0: Freeze Out. Yes, um, that but, was my choice.
1: Oh, was it really? One.
0: Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Th- and I was specifically t- was thinking of. The uh, Live in New York, that epic, I mean, that's a show right then and there. Like, you you know, (laughs) yes.
1: And there's been a couple of times I've seen him open with 10th Avenue Freeze, including the show that you and I were at together in Dallas, if I'm not wrong. Uh, It's a great show opener. It's a great show closer. It's full of spirit it's everything that we want from a Springsteen show. It's one of the few songs I'd probably sign up for every night, every show for the, for the remainder of our time. Um, but the, the one I'm going with uh, is land of hope and dreams. Mm. Right. Uh, La- land of hope and dreams is just an insanely special song. Um, that the, the lyrics, the construct the, the way that, Every member of the band gets to shine at some point through it. I mean, p- particularly Max, right? The, the, the beat, the, the nature of it, the, the slow parts, there's fast parts. The lyrics are in- intense and emotional. Um, love it. One of yeah. my all-time favorite songs. Um, and there is something about the, there's an album version, right? Which is, which is great and beautiful. Yeah. But I was trying to think about a song that takes on a whole nother level. Live. Yeah. A- and for me that's land of hope and dreams.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if he does this as much now, but for the longest time, you know, as Max is starting the drums and this intro, and you know, he sets to the mic, This is land of hope and dreams, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, truly yeah. a, you know, a modern in springsteen terms classic that is just truly you know as i've said many times it's it's probably it and better days are my two favorite songs so oh, really? okay yeah, yeah those are my two if i had to you know and it and picking favorites is always a fun you know kind of thing back and forth there's been a um uh as we're discussing this on uh twitter uh I believe it was John Alba the writer you know put out his tweeted his list of albums ranking and there then became immediate oh yeah. you're crazy and you don't know yeah. and yeah and I yeah. went through a spell of I think you forgot in my opinion I forgot you got in my opinion right because there is it's all just subject yeah. Well, mark this is great thank you so much uh I'm uh I, I'm looking forward to us talking again um we are uh, you and Rachel and I are all planning to spend a episode devoted just to Niels Lofgren, which I think is going to be a blast.
1: The great Niels Lofgren.
0: yes, uh, I think so. Uh, I am. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, the you guys are recording a new episode of your podcast uh, with Gary, and so that's going to be fun. I think it's. Um, it's always interesting. There's a lot of uh, drama with every team in the offseason, uh, but I think especially this year, there's a lot that the uh, the Dallas Cowboys need to do if they're yep. going to come back and do a better year. And I'm seeing speculation that like they're 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 kind of timing to work on getting Sean Payton, and they're not worried about twenty. Twenty-two. I'm seeing.
1: uh, I'm seeing the same kind of thing. And and what's interesting to me is I'm not just seeing that as idle speculation from the average fan. Yeah. I'm I'm seeing that from people that know what they are talking
0: about. Yeah. And and I just think, I think you can't waste a year. I agree. I, I mean, just just that is the way you know. And and there's a whole discussion that I know you and Gary had, and um that do you do you go for it all every season and then worry about the future later or do you try to manage your cap and go for the long run and i just it until it works there's not the right decision and yeah. like with the rams they put it all and they've won a super bowl you know so here we will see
1: i don't even want to see that model being followed they it it in at several points in the regular season, they were a couple of plays away from not making the playoffs. When they made the playoffs, they were a couple of plays away from not making the Super Bowl. Yeah. So no one would have been saying the way the Rams did it is the, white, is right. the right way to do it if, if they'd lost. So I'm, I'm not calling for that, but yeah. th- th- there's, there's more
0: aggressive ways yeah. to, to play this game. Mark, if someone wants to reach you, how can they?
1: Uh, MKD1973 on Twitter.
0: All right. Thank you so much, my friend. It is always a joy talking to you. Listeners, go get vaccinated, go get boosted. Uh, Let's think good thoughts. And as Mark started the episode with, if you can do a little bit to help those leaving Ukraine as refugees, do some research, find a good charity, throw a few bucks that way. And uh, let's think good thoughts about everyone there in Europe. Um, it's a scary time.
1: It is. Thank thank you. Thank you, Jesse. That's a great note to end on. It's always a pleasure to see you.
0: Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. I want and need your feedback. You can reach me multiple ways to tell me what you like or don't like about the show. You can reach out to give me guest suggestions or maybe to join me on the podcast yourself. We're on Twitter at Set Bruce or at Jesse Jackson DFW. I have an Instagram, setlustingbruce, or Jesse Jackson DFW. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash setlustingbruce. Go to patreon.com slash setlustingbruce to find out how you can support the show. And we have several tiers of support. Please go to your favorite podcast player and hit subscribe. And tell a friend about the podcast because that is the way we're going to grow. If you're not tired of hearing me speak, you can hear me on Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast, where Charles Skaggs and I talk all things Doctor Who. The How Many podcast, where me and my friends Gary, Scott, Bob, and Junior talk pop culture. And finally, my newest podcast, the Last Best Hope for Conversation, a Babylon 5 podcast, where Karen, Lou, and I are going through the TV show Babylon 5 one episode at a time. I'm always looking for guests, so please reach out to me, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one The only Setlisting Bruce. The theme for Setlisting Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.